This episode contains graphic content. Listener discretion is highly advised. We knew what the brutality was from the crime scene we had had, and we had a great deal of concern that uh, they were going to continue this, uh, this killing spree. Hello, and welcome to What the Actual F. My name is Harmony, and I'll be your host here. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And if you are a reoccurring listener, well, welcome back. I have missed you all week, and I'm so glad we have this time together again. Today, I have got another true crime case for you that happened pretty recently. Amanda and Rex Taylor met when they were in the ninth grade. The two young teens quickly became smitten with each other and became inseparable. They even got married directly out of school at the age of 19. The young couple went on to have two children, a girl and a boy. The two really seemed to be building this happy family. However, by 2014, things began to go south for the Taylors, and a year later, Amanda would be going to prison and Rex would be dead. Today, I'm going to tell you all about the selfie killer. My wife, Mariah, was best friends growing up with Amanda. Then I, I met Rex and we, we just hit it off. They had a very strong connection and you could tell that they loved each other very much. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, there's obviously a chance that you're into this kind of thing. You probably watch serial killer documentaries. You learn about the crimes that have gone on in the world. You're probably a lot like me and are into this kind of thing. Now, does that mean you have a fetish for murder, blood, and gore? I'm not going to assume, but I think it's safe to say, most likely, you're not to the degree that Amanda and Rex were. You see, Amanda and Rex bonded over their mutual fetish for murder, blood, and gore. Amanda had a fantasy about becoming a serial killer and frequently vented to Rex about how badly she wanted to turn that fantasy into a reality. Now, every week, we might meet here and I might sit and tell you true horrifying stories about the crimes that happen in the world. But I don't think that there's many of us out here that are dreaming about doing these same things. But I could be wrong, as every week I am here to tell you stories of the horrible things that go on in this world. And who knows, maybe one day I'll be telling a story about one of you guys. Just as I am today, telling you all about this horrific tale between Amanda and Rex. They were the type of people that they liked serial killers. It's a, uh, it's a hobby for some people, I guess. Rex and Amanda may have bonded over her joy for serial killers and her love and lust for gore and the macabre. But for Amanda, it wasn't just something she was into. She was completely obsessed with it. I think a lot of it has to do with, with the, the thrill of murder. She had this voodoo over him to where he would, he would do anything to make her happy. Now, though they were bonding over Amanda's desire to be this serial killer, Rex would never be able to help her with her dream come true. Because sadly, Rex would die himself. You see, during his childhood, Rex was introduced to drugs by his father, Charlie Taylor. As Rex grew older, the severity of his opiate addiction increased and he was unable to kick the habit no matter how many times Amanda would plead with him to get clean. Eventually, this would lead to the couple separating, and this is when Rex moved into his father's home. I saw uh, Rex's grandmother, so I lived next door in the other apartment building, and she was 
hysterical. And she told me that that Buckshot killed himself. And, and um, that was Rex's nickname that she had given him a long time ago when Charlie had just found him. It was, it was still early in the morning. At that point, Amanda didn't know yet. In 2014, Rex took his own life by hanging himself in his father's shed. Amanda was devastated and blamed Rex's father, stating that he fed his son's addiction with pills. In my opinion, Charlie caused him to be addicted to them. I know it's, I know it was Rex's choice to, you know, take the medicine and abuse it. But without a steady supply from his father, you know, things could have been different. In Amanda's eyes, it was solely Charlie's fault that Rex had taken his own life. In Amanda's mind, she thought that because Charlie was consistently giving Rex pills, he was to blame for Rex's death. As you can imagine, this led Amanda to have some pretty angry thoughts toward Charlie. Thoughts that could eventually be turned into actions from a girl who just wanted to become a serial killer. But let's move on from that and let's talk about Amanda and how she found love again. Or some sort of version of that. I'm not sure if it was love, honestly. But she did find a man who shared the same views of the world as she did, seeing hell on Earth. Or at least he claimed to. And the new man in Amanda's life? That would be Sean Ball. It was never a romance there at all. But you could tell that Sean liked Amanda. And I think Amanda knew that too. He was just wanting to do anything to impress her. Now, what drew Amanda to Sean? As we know, Amanda is a bit obsessed with serial killers, which is interesting. Obviously, if you're here, you're interested in that too. But it was different with Sean. Sean claimed to be a killer. And as we know, that's exactly what Amanda wanted. He claimed to be this ex-Special Forces Navy man. He claimed to have been involved in combat and killing in combat. Uh, when actually, um, Sean Ball lived a separate life. And none of those things that he claimed were actually true. He was a very shy person, portrayed himself to Amanda Taylor as being this person and being like-minded uh, in her uh, desires to carry out a murder spree. In no time at all, Amanda and Sean had stolen weapons from a neighbor to execute their plan. The two were in possession of weapons, firearms. Uh, those had been stolen uh, from a relative's house and uh, that they had already purchased ammunition and magazines for those same weapons. It appeared that they were both in agreement with what was going to occur and that was going to start with the murder of Charles Taylor. Now let's take a minute and let's look from Amanda's eyes for just a second. Amanda had nothing but pure hatred for Charlie. In Amanda's eyes, it was all Charlie's fault that Rex, the love of her life, was dead. Not just dead, though. He had committed suicide. But it wasn't just that he had committed suicide. It was that Amanda and him had basically separated due to his drug addiction. A drug addiction that his father had started. All because at a young age, his father decided to feed him pills. Leading Rex to a lifelong battle with opiate addiction. So when Amanda could not help her husband anymore and it became too much for her and he went to stay with his father, a man who continued to give Rex pills feeding his addiction then would lead Rex to take his life. What do you think Amanda did? She hated him. She blamed him completely for ruining 
her happiness, for ending it all and taking the one thing away in the world that she loved more than anything. It was this hatred for Charlie that led her and Sean to exact a plan of revenge that will send chills to your core. This leads us to April 4th, 2015. Amanda and Sean are fully stocked up with their firearms and ammunition, and they drive over to Charlie Taylor's home in Ironto, Virginia. I really hope I said that right, but I have a feeling I didn't. The gruesome twosome enter Charlie's house at exactly 3.27 p.m., which is a significant number because apparently that is Amanda and Rex's birthdays combined. They don't instantly just start slaying Charlie. There's a conversation that takes place. And in this conversation, Charlie brings up his son, which enrages Amanda. And this is when she decides it's time. Armed with a hidden bayonet, for some reason a bayonet, by the way, can we just talk about that for a second? The fuck? What year is it? She then stabs her father-in-law 31 times. Yeah, 31. The girl was pissed. Charlie immediately begins screaming and grabbing at Amanda, pulling her hair, screaming and begging her to stop, but it was of no use. Now, not only was Amanda stabbing the man brutally, but Sean began to repeatedly swing a tire iron that he had hidden in his pants at Charlie's head until finally delivering the fatal blow. She wanted him to know that she had killed him, and she wanted to feel him take his last breath. She wanted his death to be personal, to be, she wanted to stab him. I referred to Amanda Taylor as the selfie killer earlier, and I'm about to tell you exactly why. After Amanda and Sean completed their task of the brutal murder of Charlie, she snapped a photo. With Amanda still dripping in Charlie's blood, she holds the bayonet that just took his life, takes a photo as Charlie's slumped over lifeless body is laying on the couch in the background, his blue plaid shirt completely soaked in his own blood. Amanda doesn't just take this photo, though, for a trophy, maybe to have for later, to keep to herself. As we know, several serial killers are known to take some sort of trophy to keep in secret of all of their victims. Amanda isn't taking this photo, however, to have as a secret trophy of her first victim. She is taking this photo to post on Instagram. Working the crime scene that day, we actually had a picture. We were almost standing in the same spot where she was standing when she took the, uh, the selfie. Putting the picture taken by her right next to it, the only thing missing from our shot was her. Now, Amanda doesn't stop with just posting the selfie to her Instagram. No, she, remember, she has this dream, a fantasy. She wants to be a serial killer and she wants to be known. Amanda also sends this selfie to a woman who runs a true crime blog. This blog was a Tumblr that was run by a woman whose identity has not really been released for her own protection. Amanda asked her to post this to her page and the woman refused immediately. Amanda didn't just send her the selfie and ask her to post this to her Tumblr. She repeatedly called the blogger over and over again while she was killing Charlie. I saw that selfie and the smirk on her face. I just felt sick to my stomach. She looked so proud of what she had done, and I just couldn't believe it. Now, much like any sane person, this blogger refused to post the photo and also reached out to the authorities. This was life or death, and, you know, she's saying that she's going to kill more innocent people. Something inside me just snapped, and I felt like if I could talk her down, if I could save one life, like, it will be worth it. 
Now, Amanda and Sean don't hang out at Charlie's house, deciding to have tea and waiting to meet the cops. They flee immediately. They stop for gas and to buy more ammunition, then head out towards North Carolina. While in the car, Amanda decides to take a photo of a revolver that's lying on her lap, posting it to her Instagram page with the caption, quote, All right, it's about that time. I'm going to find my husband in hell and finally be at peace. Charlie Taylor is on the sofa. I can uh, see blood. It don't appear that he's breathing. Now, it would seem by this post that maybe Amanda was hinting at, okay, I got my revenge. I lost Rex. Now it's time for me to meet him, and I'm going to take my own life to do so. However, that's not the case. What she meant was it was time for her to begin her murderous rampage. The night of Charlie's death, Amanda and Sean spent the night at a motel in Tennessee. The next morning, Amanda decided it was time that they hunted their next victims. At that point, they were, Amanda was ready to start this killing spree. But Sean began to have second thoughts. Uh, he started to try to talk to her about maybe just going on the run to hiding out, laying low. She wanted to fulfill this desire. And the next day, they left to go do that. So Sean isn't so sure that he's fully prepared to be this serial killer. And he starts to say, you know, hey, uh, I thought you just wanted to kill Charlie. I, I wasn't, I didn't know I was signing up for like a Bonnie and Clyde type thing. But Amanda wanted that, and uh, she wasn't going to stop. She'd already murdered somebody, and she wanted to do it again. This leads us to Blue Ridge Parkway, where Amanda decides to pull over at a rest area. It was at this rest stop that Amanda spots two young women and decides that they're going to be her next victims. So she told Sean that he, uh, she was going to bring these two girls over and that he was going to kill them, that they needed their money, and that he was going to do this. And so she got out to go uh, bring these two girls to their vehicle so that he could shoot them. As she brings them over there, Sean refuses to do it. Now, of course, when Amanda brings these two girls over, after Sean has told her that he's not really wanting to be a serial killer, and she still is, he refuses to shoot these two girls and take everything and continue forward. Well, of course, this sends Amanda into a rage. Her once accomplice, a man who helped her kill the one person she hated more than anything in the world, is now refusing to help her? Well, he's no longer an accomplice then. Now, he's her enemy, which now puts his life in danger. When Amanda saw this, this made her very, very angry. Uh, she got back into the vehicle uh, and drove off again, turned up onto the parkway one more time where she had planned to kill Sean Ball. Now, as I told you guys, Sean had already told Amanda he didn't really want to kill anyone else. It, you know, he thought it was just going to be Charlie. He was okay with staying on the run, staying hidden, but he didn't want to kill anybody else. Well, that's too bad for Sean because Amanda wanted to kill. And since her original plan of having the two girls be her next victim went awry, guess who was going to be in their place? She stopped the vehicle uh, on the parkway, I took the revolver that went around to the passenger side where Sean was, had his eyes closed. She claimed that she had saw a jogger uh, just ahead of her. She aimed the weapon at that jogger and pulled the trigger. This startled Sean Ball awake. She took that weapon and pointed it at him and said, I want you to know before you die that I use you for your guns and your car, and I hope you die. Then she'd pull the trigger. Amanda shot Sean in the face and left him to die on the side of the road. But before she left him, she had to do something. That's right, you guessed it. Amanda took 
a selfie with her second victim. So now that Amanda is all on her own on her very own murder spree, she decides she needs to reach back out to the true crime blogger. She would call me on a burner phone, she would destroy it, get another one, and in between those calls, I would be calling the police and t relaying the information that she was giving me. Unknowingly to Amanda, the authorities were already onto her and had been tracking her through the gas station surveillance cameras and the information relayed to them from the true crime blogger that she couldn't stop reaching out to. Amanda was pulled over and arrested while still on the phone with the woman. I was on the phone with Amanda Taylor when she got arrested. The police are closing in on her and I was trying to talk her down um, because she wanted to go out shooting. Now, Amanda wants to rain, like, bullets of hellfire on the police in some sort of, like, hurrah, blaze of glory going out with a bang, or maybe she honestly thinks she can take on all of their weapons aimed at her. I don't see that ratio working out, so I'm gonna believe that she just wanted to go out in the gunfire, you know, as a true killer-style ending. However, this blogger does talk her down, and she recorded audio of the whole incident. If you don't cooperate, you're not going to get home. You know what I mean? Yeah. I talked her down. I talked her down and got her to put her gun down. Amanda is immediately arrested and taken in. And in her mugshot, I do want to share, you guys can look this up. I'll post it on Instagram as well. But she is smiling. Like, she is completely happy, has no care in the world, loves where she's at. And it's just, she's proud of what she's done. I also want to share a little tidbit of information about Amanda. It was discovered that Amanda had reached out to ISIS prior to her arrest, but she didn't get any responses from them. So Amanda doesn't seem to really be caring that she has brutally ended Charlie's life and, to what she thinks, Sean's life as well. In the interrogation, Amanda is giggling and playing with her hair and just <laughs> doesn't seem to give a shit. Amanda even waves her right to be silent and just starts spilling everything. I killed Charlie at 327. I purposely did that. Why did you purpose it? What happened on three? Because that's mine and Marks' day. That's our birthday. We have the same okay. birthday. That was always our our thing was 327. Mm -hmm. And I started stabbing him. I had a knife. Um, There's a knife Sean got me for my birthdays. And so I just started stabbing him. And um, he stopped moving and Sean hit him to make sure he was dead. Do you remember um, where you stabbed Charlie at? Where the places did you stab him at? Um, I tried really hard to stab him in his chest. Well, how did you get the blood off of you? I had a, uh, it, there was none on me. I got like one little drop on me, but it was mainly, I guess since the knife was so big, yeah. that it didn't really come back out on me or something, I don't know. Uh, but there was a bottle of Febreze in the Jeep and I just sprayed it on there. In the interrogation, Amanda is so just straightforward, very unemotional. She's just speaking it like a tutorial almost, I guess. You know, like, this is what I did, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm kind of proud of it, actually. 
that's just kind of my take from it. She really does come off as something she's proud of and she has no problem walking you through exactly what she did. But remember, up until this point, Amanda thinks that she left Sean for dead on the side of the road. I mean, she has a photo. Why wouldn't she think otherwise? But Sean didn't die. I just shot at him and I'm, I thought I shot him in the face. I thought he was dead. And so he fell to the ground and I took a picture of him, of his face. Cause I didn't like, I didn't want to look at his face. And so I did that. And what was the purpose of taking that picture? If you don't mind me asking. I didn't know if I sh had shot his eyes out or like right. shot his visitor's brain. Just it's easier for me to look like at the picture. Though Sean was shot in the face by Amanda, the bullet passed by his jaw, leaving him in immense pain, causing him to pass out. Him passing out is what left Amanda to believe that he was dead. Though he was in excruciating pain, he was not dead and would make a full recovery with no permanent damage. Another thing I want to share with you from this interrogation is something that Amanda says. Capital murder is punishable by life in prison or the death penalty. Right. I to choose that. I'd rather just get the death penalty. Right. I mean, I kill people, I deserve to die too. Okay, okay, so you heard her say, hey, you know, it's probably best if you just give me the death penalty because I kill people, so I should die too. You know, that's just what I think is best. So you think Amanda would plead guilty, right? You Maybe just, that's probably what your mind was going to. Like, oh, this girl's gonna say she's guilty, so boom, case closed, right? N no. Why? Why would she plead guilty when she already said she was? She pleads not guilty. Yep, that's that's what she does. She does a 180 and is like, I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. I did not do it. So Amanda stands trial. She did this for attention. Um, and uh, by pleading not guilty, um, she got uh, the ability to have this case told. Now you heard a lot of the evidence. You've heard recordings, you've heard interviews, you've heard a lot. Well, so did the jury. I don't know about you, but I think Amanda's guilty. So uh, that's, that's just, that's my opinion. You might not. However, the jury did as well. And it only took them 30 minutes to arrive at their verdict. Montgomery County woman is found guilty today of first-degree murder for killing her father-in-law. In fact, just a moment ago, a jury found Amanda Taylor guilty for the stabbing death of her late husband's father, Charles Taylor. This was back on April 4th of this year. WSOS 10's Bethany Teague was in court today. Following this case, she joins us now outside of the courthouse. So, Bethany, so often in these cases, the attorneys always tell us we have to wait till the case goes to trial before they'll reveal information. So what did we learn today? Hi, John. We learned today that Amanda Taylor stabbed her father-in-law, Charles Taylor, 31 times. The medical examiner said that 11 of those stab wounds would have been lethal all on their own. We also heard from testimony today that Amanda Taylor described the murder as having felt like her first roller coaster ride at Carowinds. After the murder, Taylor then posed for a picture in front of Charles's body, holding a bloody knife and smirking. She then sent that picture to a friend who posted it on what was described as a serial killer website. 
Taylor said she blamed Charles for the drug addiction and subsequent suicide of her husband, Rex. The Commonwealth attorney said that her excitement and her anticipation over this murder was chilling. The jury was out for less than 25 minutes before they reached a verdict of guilty. Lindsay. So, Bethany, I know the jury found her guilty. Any idea of how long she'll remain in prison? Well, the, the jury is actually back in the courtroom right now deciding her sentencing phase. They will be deciding whether she will spend the rest of her life in prison. We expect to have that update for you coming up at 6 o'clock. For now, live in Christiansburg, Bethany Teague, WSLS 10. In November of 2015, Amanda was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. The judge went on to call Amanda evil personified. A lot of the evidence that was held against Amanda besides the Instagram photo is all of the information from the anonymous true crime blogger. If it wasn't for her, there is a massive chance that Amanda could have carried out taking all of the innocent lives that she so badly desired to do so. And don't worry, I gotta tell you what happened with Sean. As you know, Sean survived. However, unlike Amanda, Sean did show remorse for his part in the murder of Charlie Taylor. He was facing life in prison for first-degree murder. However, he accepted a plea deal for second-degree murder and was sentenced to 60 years in March of 2016. He did apologize to his family and expressed extreme remorse. The thing I guess I can't emphasize enough is the remorse that I have for it, like the guilt that I live with every day of this happening in my life. Now I do have some audio I'd like you to hear from an interview with Amanda where she talks about the murder of Charlie and why she did it and why she wanted to kill more people. Just listen to how she speaks about it and listen to how she laughs. Do you hear any remorse? I was very uh, angry. <laughs> I was very angry that Rex would have done that, but then I got even more angrier that his dad. I just wanted him to feel the pain I felt. And then he brings up Rex again, and that's when I just looked at him and I started sobbing. That's the most alive I've felt since Rex died. I was very happy. I was very happy just to finally get all that built-up hate and anger and all those feelings out on him. When I stabbed him, I didn't see anything, and he just looked at me, and he was like, what are you doing? And as I was stabbing him, he had reached up and got my hair. I continued to stab him, but he kept yelling, and it made me nervous. He stomped the crowbar, the tire iron or whatever, and had hit him in the back of the head. It's overkill, <laughs> but I was just free. First roller coaster ride. Um, just all the nerves and the feeling of like freedom and that's how I felt. It was very different than what I had in mind. It's not what you see in the movie. I was just really excited and I was like, hey, I'm going to take a picture so I can post it and show everyone. It was just something I, it made me really happy. In this same interview, she's also asked about Sean. I shot him for that because I was hurt. And I wanted him just to stop. Like, he kept lying and stuff. And that's why I shot him in the throat. I wasn't trying to kill him, kill him. I just wanted him to stop. So there you go. She didn't want to kill him, kill him. She, she just simply wanted him to stop. I mean, that's a way to get somebody to stop, I guess. 
bit dark for my liking, but whatever tickles your pickle, Amanda. But here's the real fucking kicker. Amanda complained about how she was arrested. Yeah, she complained about how she was arrested, you know, for murder. She complained about it. They didn't even give me time to, like, put the car in park or, like, get my seatbelt off. They yanked it off. They yanked me out. So she's mad because, you know, they yanked her out of the car. They were aggressive. But of sweetheart, you just brutally murdered an elder man and you left another person dead on the side of the road. I don't know what you were expecting. Did, were they supposed to welcome you with milk and cookies? I don't know what she was thinking, but she's not happy with how she was treated, which is just fucking ironic to me, being unhappy with how you're treated when you kill somebody. I don't know. I'm not going to continue on that anymore. Let's move forward. Now, remember, I did also state that she had tried to reach out on social media to ISIS. They didn't make a very big deal about it. They acted like I was ready to put a backpack on and go blow something up. No, not yet. She does say, though, she did communicate with people who claim to be members of the group. I had this weird obsession with it for a minute. Um, and I tried to reach out, but obviously nothing happened from it. Now, she states that even though she was reaching out and trying to get a hold of people there, trying to, I don't know what she wanted to talk to them about, but she says it wasn't like she was going to join or anything. I don't, maybe they were going to exchange recipes. I wasn't trying to join ISIS. I wasn't going to go blow anything up in the name of ISIS. You know what I mean? So that is Amanda's words about everything that happened. Again, do you think that she is a cold-hearted, cold-blooded, calculating, just brutal murderer? Was she just trying to reach out to a terrorist group to talk about, I don't know, day-to-day -day living and gardening? I'm not sure. Or is she really sadistic? Well, we'll never know just how dark she really is because she will be spending the rest of her natural life in prison. So that was today's case of the selfie killer. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know that's always so dark to say, but I do hope you enjoyed the content that I create for you because this is something I truly love to do. As always, if you have any cases you'd like me to look into, please feel free to send me a message. Or if you just want to complain about the show, you can do that too. I'll read it. Don't worry. My email to reach out is whattheactualeffharmony at gmail.com. Also, if you have sent in any recommendations, please know that some of the cases are not leading to a lot of information. So I'm going to end up later making an episode that is just listener submission, like submissions, cases that you guys have asked me to look into where I can't make a like 30 to 45 minute podcast on this one case that you guys are recommending. I can make a 45 minute podcast out of like three to four at a time. So if you do have any, feel free to send them to me. Again, they don't have to be true crime. They can be some conspiracies you want me to look into, anything like a mystery online, disappearances. It can be really anything that maybe you don't have the time to research or you just want to know more about. Or maybe you just want other people to know more about. It's my job, so let me do the research for you and share with you whatever I can find. After all, isn't that why you're here? Alright guys, I hope you have a fantastic day, morning, night, I don't know, whenever you're listening to this. I hope it's wonderful. And hey, 
I know we all enjoy this time a week, you know, looking into the dark side and all the serial killers and murderers that are out there, but let's not let it become an obsession like Amanda did. Because in all truth, I don't ever want to have to share a story about you. Neither the victim nor the murderer. And with that, sweet screams, I love you, and I'll talk to you next week.